Hello everyone and welcome to Nisa Today FC. I'm Josh Taylor and for today's episode I have part two of my interview with the vice chairman and minority owner for Flower City Union, Mark Washoe. So here it is, part two of our interview where we discuss about his club, the league, and what's next for Flower City Union. Now, Mark, we're going to shift gears a bit and focus on the, the league and how your team, Flower City Union, has been doing so far in its inaugural season. Now, I know going into the season, there were rumors early in the year before the 2022 NISA season kicked off that Flower City Union, they were considering either joining NISA Nation or NISA Pro. Um, what factors led you to go straight into NISA Pro for your first season? Yeah, uh, well, you certainly have done your homework, and uh, yeah, we we were. I guess I think we were pretty transparent uh, way back in the off season about you know not exactly sure which direction we were going to go. We definitely considered destination. We figured like we needed maybe a little more time to just kind of build our base, build our foundation, engage with our fan owners, uh, all all the things that we've kind of talked about so far. And uh, but we got to also a point where. We just kind of felt like we had enough of the pieces of the puzzle that we were going to go ahead and, and take a pass at it and just really kind of, I guess, jump in the pond, for lack of a better term. Um, and, you know, and we got to learn a lot, too. You, you, you know, it's hard to know coming out of a pandemic, you know, what's the fan reaction going to be like? Uh, you know, are people willing to come back to stadiums? Uh, you know, how many people are going to be paying attention to what we have going on? So, uh we decided going professional, uh, even though we didn't have all the pieces of the puzzle put together, we had three quarters or 80% of it there, and it was worth uh, going going in that direction. And um, so far for us, it's, uh, it's certainly the whole thing's been a learning experience. We're getting a better sense to um, our realities because, again, you, we, I have the, the luxury, I guess, and privilege of drawing from – Rhino's experiences and what the business side of things look like. But even that was 2017, you know, and the world looks much different in 2022 as it did in 2017. And again, because of the pandemic and because of just everything that's happened, uh, everything just been changing. So uh, until you kind of go into it, uh, we figured we really wouldn't know unless we went pro. So that's, that's the direction we went. Um, Again, well, at least on the field now, we've been showing that we can compete. Uh, there's been signs that the fans are starting to come out each game. Each match has been a little a little better attended than the one prior. Obviously, the weather uh, breaking helps us a little bit there, too. And um, it really came down to just thinking it was the right decision. We wanted to also kind of balance out the league. The league were kind of right hovering around eight, nine, ten clubs. And we kind of we knew Syracuse were, were coming in, and we thought that'd be a fun uh, I-90 kind of rivalry and so it just seemed like the timing again uh, was right and the timing made sense and therefore we decided it was time to go professional and that's the direction we ended up going in. Now how would you uh, assess your team's uh, experience so far in NISA as you already went through the first half of the season and now you're into the second half of the season and kind of give a perspective on how are things going on and off the field for your club so far? Yeah, I would say uh, it's going almost a little bit as we would have had expected in, in a lot of ways. 
uh, I've always told people, and I've been in this industry long enough, and I've even way back, early days of Major League Soccer, I mean, look, the, the league took a long time, a long time, I don't know, 15 years plus to really, really start gaining traction. And there's no magic wand, there's no silver bullet, uh, things just don't happen overnight. And that's both for a club like us, like Flower City, and also a league like NISA, Um you're going to have growing pains. You're going to have uh, a lot of bumps in the road. You're going to have uh, just things that you know where you want to get to, uh, and you're going to have to build it. And it's just going to take take time uh, to build a, build those blocks. And so we're 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 kind of where we kind of thought we were going to be, quite frankly. Um, and look, and, and there you know, there's even just little things. Uh, you know, we've always wanted to be one of those clubs that set the standard for our league, no matter what league we're in or we end up in and try to always be either the top club or in that top third. And I think many would argue so far uh, we've done just that. I think if you, you look at our branding, you look at our positioning in the market, you look at our social and digital media presence, you had referenced it a little bit before. Um, uh, we feel really you know, excited about what we've been able to bring to life. I think operationally speaking, if you were to ask the league, we'd, we'd be mentioned in the top third for sure as far as how our operations and our match days run and taking care of teams when they come to town. So we're, we're doing all, all the right things. We, we've, uh, again, any of the, uh, the, the little hiccups or you know, issues that have arose so far have all just been, again, part of the experience and part of growing a, a new club and the league as well. I mean, again, early days of MLS, a lot of uh, – a lot of rocky roads, you know, a lot of tough moments. Um, WPS experienced the same. Uh, every league does, right? Um, and that's that's what makes it. That's what makes soccer in America pretty pretty exciting. And it always keeps you on your toes, and um, it keeps everything invigorating, and uh, never a dull moment for sure. But it's tough, you know. It's not not easy building things from the ground up and start any startup organization or business. Uh, is going to go through uh, those type of growing pains. So again, we're no different. And uh, I would say right now, uh, things are going kind of how we uh, anticipated. And but we we also had tons of uh, room for optimism. I mean, again, I would just say last Saturday was another one of those examples. I mean, a little bit of a late coming crowd. They showed up. They were waving the the flags and banging the drums and cheering for our club, buying merchandise, having a good time. Uh, celebrating with our players on the field afterwards, it, 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 those are glimpses of, uh, you really say, wow, what, what really could be uh, here in Rochester. And um, like I said, it just doesn't happen overnight, and there's no magic wand that you can wave. That's very well said, Mark. And as I mentioned to you earlier before we started the show, I worked for Expansion Team last year with Chicago House AC. Yeah. So I totally know the ups and downs, working for a new team and seeing that side of things. And that's just part of the experience uh one of those downs you guys had was kind of early on in the season your former head coach Zach Agliata elected to resign back on May 2nd after the club guide's first league win is there any insight you can share with us about why he elected to depart the club at the time so I'll I'll just share this information and again it's uh Again, coming into a professional environment uh, for the very first time as a young professional and a young head coach uh, obviously has its challenges. And uh, a lot of people outside looking in uh, have a certain perception of that or 
maybe they think that it's you know going to be easier than um, than anticipated or or what have you. So I think really we just got to a place where uh, you know we, we knew kind of heading into the experience. Zach was young and inexperienced and had a ton of uh, uh, education behind him. Uh, look, I mean, he has done more for this soccer club than probably almost anybody involved, uh, even myself included, and, and other people that are, are have, you know, been around as long as Zach was. And, you know, we just kind of got to the point where uh, we thought, you know, Zach came to the conclusion that, you know, maybe there are some other opportunities that would um, be a better situation for, for him professionally at this moment. I think our club, you know, like, you know, like I said, we're growing and we're going through our own uh, you know, trying to find the way uh, for how we're going to play and how we want to uh, play on the field. Uh, you know, we, we weren't getting the results early that we had kind of hoped for. And um, so, yeah, sometimes I think when you go to these experiences, you, you, those things just kind of are, again, part of the part of the whole, whole endeavor. And, um, you know, Zach's still a young head coach. He's got a huge, bright future ahead of him. He's taken a lot of learning experiences from Flower City Union and this experience as a whole. He's going to be all the better for it, and he'll be better positioned in the future as a result. And um, so, again, we, we can't thank him enough for everything he has done. We have offered, you know, to try to stay in touch with him on some levels, on some things, and, you know, there's still some conversations um, there. But, uh, but, yeah, just, you know, really – um, professional, that's part of being professional soccer and professional head coach. And sometimes, uh, you know, changes end up, end up, end up being made. Um, and that's, that's, that's kind of what, what transpired there. Now moving forward, you guys elected to have, or to name Colton Bly as your interim coach for the rest of the 2022 NISA season. And he had a tough task, as you mentioned, guiding an expansion team throughout their first season. How do you feel he's handled this challenge so far? Yeah, Colton, once again, uh, you know, he's certainly another, uh, you know, up-and-coming young head coach. Uh, you know, Zach actually brought him in, and he worked underneath Zach. Uh, we have another gentleman, part of our club. His name is Andrew Hoyt. He is our VP of Business Operations, but kind of comes from the technical side as well. He's pretty involved with uh, the day-to-day -day operations, uh, both on and off the field. Um, and, uh, yeah, Colton is uh, – Look, he, he's got an incredible work ethic. Uh, he's very passionate about the organization and about leading this team. I had a little chance to talk with him a little bit pre-match on Saturday, and he just he's eager to learn, eager to improve, always asking for feedback. And um, so far, he's, he's uh, connected pretty well with the players. And again, he's, he's learning and growing, and I think we feel pretty optimistic and excited about where he could lead this organization and club. And, you know, for us, it's about, you know, are you better today than you were yesterday and seeing those mini improvements. And we feel like we're kind of heading down that road and, um, and, and we feel good about, you know, how he can help us perform at the back end of the season. So, so far we've been happy with Colton and everything he's doing and bringing and the professionalism he's, he's bringing to the locker room and the guys respect him. And uh, that's, that's really great, and so far, uh, that's really all we can ask for at this point of the season for for our guys. And you know, we you always want to win, you always want to get three points, you want to hoist the trophy at the end of the year, all those things. But um, again, being realistic as a young startup club with a whole bunch of players, first time ever playing together, uh, it's just about improvement and getting better each day. And, and we think we're we're heading down that path. 
Now, Flower City Union, despite a challenging first season, they have achieved some milestones. As I mentioned, you got your first league win on the road against Chattanooga FC. Uh, sorry, Chattanooga Hooligans. I, if you're listening to this podcast, I had to bring it up, but hey, it was a historical moment for Flower City Union. Uh, you guys also won your first U.S. Open Cup match against the Western Mass Pioneers. And as we mentioned, you also got that thrilling first draw this past weekend against Albion San Diego. Mark, what's been your favorite moment so far in the club's first season? Well, you just you mentioned the, the key milestones so far. And when you're building a young soccer club like we are, a young professional club, that's what you look for. You look for those... You climb the hurdle, you climb that little mountain, uh, you know, winning that first U.S. Open Cup match, playing against D.C. United. I mean, that was a huge moment for us because for me, it kind of comes full circle. You know, I'm like, hey, I'm part of the launch of this startup club, and I started my whole pro soccer career with D.C. United, and to see us play them at home here in Rochester, I mean, that was certainly a big moment. But, you know, the biggest moment um, so far is when we, when we won our home match, uh, here, uh, finally, we finally got a home win, <laughs> and uh, just the celebration in the locker room that happened afterwards, and I think I posted, I got some video of it, we posted up on some of our social media feeds, just seeing guys uh, dance and sing and chant and jump up on chairs and, uh, you know, throw scarves up on the rafters, <laughs> and um, just hugging each other, high-fiving each other, there's like a lot of, uh, I guess there was a lot of pent-up uh, frustration and emotion in that moment and to see the guys truly celebrate I mean one of the players literally came to me and hugged me and gave me a high five and said Mark there's nowhere I'd rather be there's no club I'd rather be playing for uh, thank you for everything you guys are doing to make this dream a reality and when you hear stuff like that it just you know it makes it all worth it right you're like okay this is what we're doing you know this is why we're doing it and then you see the community and the fans respond uh the 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 group that was there they got treated to that and were part of it um you know all felt really good about themselves and um you know guys that are kissing the crest on the jersey representing rochester your hometown that that, that's the those are the moments uh that that make it that makes you think okay it's kind of why we're all doing this, you know, and um, that, that, that locker room celebration, I think so far has been the most memorable experience. Now that did spill over to a local sports pub <laughs> here in Rochester, which was pretty cool too. But, um, but, but definitely uh, that locker room celebration after the first home win uh, was pretty cool, pretty special. But to, to your point, I wasn't part of the Chattanooga road trip, but um, I heard that was equally the same when they finally, finally, finally got a win. And, uh, and it was also the same feeling when they came back from that U.S. Open Cup win, too, out there in Massachusetts. So those are those are pretty cool moments. And hopefully uh, those are you know, there's a lot more to come. But so far, uh, oh, one more i got to mention, too, briefly, is just, just that first home match we had. We had our club owner in town. Uh, you know, we, we had the league was there. And just watching us kick a ball the first time after about three years of trying to put this vision together and finally seeing it happen. Uh, that that was pretty special as well. All those moments were special. Yes, I remember watching the the very first game between you guys, Flowers and Union against Syracuse Pulse. And of course, the commissioner was there. You had the league people there as well, and of course, your fans. It was your, your first home game, and that's having that very first game is always exciting. I remember working for Chicago House, 
our first home run against New Amsterdam FC and getting all those fans out. I mean, that's that's a historic moment for your club. Absolutely, it was very historic. Uh, again, just just seeing seeing it all come to re- fruition, seeing it you know be a reality. Uh, watching the guys step on the pitch for the very first time, wearing the crest and colors and representing Flower City Union and the city of Rochester. Uh, that 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 was that was special. Again, you know, concept to reality is pretty cool. Now, one of your players, Lucas Fernandez, he's been on great form lately. He's scored three goals in your last five matches as you enter the second half of the season, and he has five goals so far this season. Talk about how big of an impact Lucas Fernandez has made on your club. Yeah, uh, one of the things, as you know, when you work for a uh, professional club like this and you go to match days, sometimes you don't always get to watch the game on what's going on. And uh, sometimes you hear about the goals after they happen, but it seems like when we do score, uh, Lucas Fernandez's name is usually meant, always mentioned, whether he scores it himself or has an assist or is part of it. And uh, yeah, he's uh, he's been a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I believe he had our first goal in the U.S. Open Cup match too, uh, when when we won that one. Um, yeah, he he's been a really special player. He's been a, a, a big surprise for us in a lot of ways, and. Not that we didn't think that he was a good player coming in, just you know, just like you said, he's just really come to form. Uh, definitely our our you know best chance, uh, top goal scorer, and, and performing well. And uh, yeah, he's been he's been really really exciting for us. And fans, I think, will really like watching him play because he's uh, he's one of those guys, you know, good work ethic, and he's always working on and off the ball. And uh, and he, he he puts it in the back of the net, as uh, Dave Johnson from DC United would say. So. Um, that's that's what you want out of your uh, out of your forwards and guys that are you know trying to get goal production. Now Nisa, they have talked about expansion clubs joining in the future. They have announced affiliations with other amateur leagues as they're starting starting to build out their pyramid. And of course, they just announced today the official Nisa Independent Cup schedule for that's going to begin literally tomorrow. <laughs> so, Mark. What are your thoughts on where the league is heading into next year and beyond? Yeah, I think, uh, like I had mentioned earlier in the discussion today, all these leagues uh, certainly have to go through evolution. And uh, Nisa's done a really great job building things to this point and obviously getting sanctioning through U.S. soccer, which always you know want to make sure that uh, we, we you know clubs stay in compliance to make sure that's never, you know, that's not jeopardized. Uh, look, the league has a, a good future. Um, I am part of that expansion community, commi- I'm sorry, committee, and I can share with you that there's a lot of markets that are interested in NISTA, and it has the right model for clubs, lower-level clubs that want to go pro and have an aspiration to be professional uh, to get in. And so I think it's just uh, it's going to be one of those. But, you know, look, you also have to have reality, right? Uh, leagues of this manner – you know, clubs are going to come in, clubs are going to leave, some are going to go to different leagues, uh, some are going to drop out, some are going to go amateur. Uh, it is just kind of the nature of it. So you have to be, you know, kind of understand, you know, the nature of the situation and what you're getting into and, and you know, you know what you're not. And so therefore, I think Flower City, and we're, we're young, again, upstart club. And um, like I said, so far, uh, we've been enjoying the experience so far. It's been going 
well, and uh, we just hope we can continue to grow, and uh, hopefully NISA continues to grow and get stronger and, uh, you know, again, just always uh, issues that have, have arise, and, and you know, because uh, we were talking pre-show, it seems like, you know, NISA's in the news a lot in the soccer world, and um, you, you learn from things that maybe could have gone better, uh, you build, and then you use it as a building block to continue to grow, so... Uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna stay in and do the best we can to keep monitoring how everything's going, uh, both with our club as well as NISA. But um, yeah, like I said, I'm sure the future is going to be strong, and uh, we feel confident that there's going to be more clubs coming in, and with clubs coming in, the whole league just builds and grows. That's very true, Mark. And as you mentioned earlier in our conversation, every league's gonna have challenges. You mentioned MLS, and I remember MLS. At one point, they only had 12 teams. They had one owner, basically only like a bunch of the teams. And then they finally got expansion, hitting the right markets, and it just took off. And now they're going to be a 29 teams next year with St. Louis joining next year. USL, when they had that split with the NASL, not many people thought USL was going to make it. And now look where they're at with the championship division, League One. NISA, you know, they're going through your growing pains, as you mentioned with some of the challenges they've had with some clubs and things. But like you mentioned, they're learning, and hopefully they'll get turned around and well, you, well, clubs coming in and everything with a bright future with their model, trying to build a pro-rel system at some point. And what they got going on with Nisa Nation, with a lot of people liking what's going on with Nisa Nation, we can only hope for the best, right? Well, you know, and this is probably for a different show, maybe at a different time, but uh, I was one of the executives of the Metro Stars, uh, now Red Bull New York, and I remember being on a family vacation in Florida and getting summons to Denver, Colorado with uh, Phil Anschutz, uh, the owner you just referenced, uh, when there's only a handful of Major League Soccer uh, owners for an emergency meeting of all the clubs or where we had to pitch and present our business plans. And uh, the league came very close to uh, not making it out of that meeting, I'll, I will share with you. And again, a whole different story for a different day. Yeah, but, you know, like you said, fortunately, uh, the, the owners decided to keep things going, including Phil Anschutz, and that was truly a tipping point moment, because uh, once once we kind of solved some issues in that meeting, uh, the league kind of started turning the corner, gained some momentum, got some new owners, started building stadiums, and the rest is history. So, uh, and again, the women's leagues have experienced the same thing, NASL experienced the same thing, the A-League uh, all you know, all, soccer in America is an evolving landscape. It always is, probably always will be, and um, it's not. It's not easy when you're trying to again gain a new foothold, work with U.S. Soccer, work within FIFA, you know, guidelines. It's uh, it's 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 not an easy path all the time. And um, but again, like I said before, that's what keeps it exciting. That's what keeps it invigorating. And it's only natural, right? It's only natural that leagues are going to grow and evolve and change and uh again the ones that learn from uh past uh, mistakes and getting through challenges and issues are the ones that are going to survive and thrive into the future and uh like you said you know looked like at one point nasl might become the true division two and maybe usl wasn't going to be that all of a sudden it kind of went the other direction so uh well it did more than kind of it, it went the other direction so uh yeah it's just again part of, part of the terrain and you, you kind of know it going in. And, uh, you know, like I said, all we can do at Flower City Union is just try to make sure we set our own standard of professionalism and do what we can to elevate not only our club, but keep the league that we're participating in elevated as well. 
And now, as I mentioned, Flower City Union is going to be in the Independent Cup. You guys are in the Northeast bracket, so you'll be playing the winner of New York Contour United, the New Jersey Alliance FC, who won the Northeast region in Nisa Nation last year. And look on track to do it again for the spring season so far. And you also have Steel Pulse FC. And as I mentioned, you'll play the winner of that group. But what are your thoughts on the new format for the Nisa Independent Cup? Yeah, you know, we're, we're just excited to be playing in it. Uh, we're excited that we're, we're now the professional club that gets to kind of be a higher seed and we have to wait it out, right, to see how the rest of the bracket plays out before, you know, we know who the opponent's going to be and all that. And, uh, again, these cups, these competitions are what makes soccer in America unique. Uh, it w- it's what makes soccer unique across the world. And every time I try to explain, whether it's Nice Independent Cup or U.S. Open Cup, and you say, hey, it's like the Rochester Red Wings playing the New York Yankees and in a meaningful tournament. And, you know, that's when sometimes some light bulbs go up for maybe some non-soccer people. But, but the good news is those people are getting far further and few between. Uh, nowadays, it seems like people understand what these cup competitions are and obviously uh, paying attention to what's going on over there in Europe and clubs winning the treble and things of that manner. So, um, yeah, it's just anytime we can get into these competitions, showcase our club, showcase our brand, hopefully perform well uh, on the pitch uh, in these tournaments, it's just, it's just again, it's exciting. It's a chance to showcase our team and our club and what we can do. And we're equally as excited about the Nissan Independent Cup as we were about the U.S. Open Cup. And uh, so we're going we're gonna to give, give it a run. Uh, and then we'll have to do our homework and we'll see, you know, who, who opponents end up being for us. And, uh, it'll be a, it'll be a fun, ex- fun tournament. We get to host the first match too. So that'll be another chance for us to get fans to come out and kind of be a part of what we, you know, what we have going on at the stadium. Mark, talk about the rivalry, the I-90 three-way Derby rivalry with Syracuse Pulse. I know you guys are 0-2 in that series so far. But just to have a local rival just down the road with Syracuse and seeing the fans kind of get at each other and kind of build that fun banner, that atmosphere, now that both clubs have played at both stadiums, can you kind of give us a perspective on seeing that rivalry grow? Sure. Well, um, well, thanks for reminding that we're 0-2 in that rivalry. So, <laughs> but uh, Hey, you uh, get another uh, shot on July 8th. You still got two more chances to get a win. <laughs> Yeah, uh, our owner's not happy about that. But, you know, the thing is, this, I guess it speaks back to, again, an earlier part of the conversation where soccer is a unique sport. You have to really get a, a group of, of players that will play for each other and know how to play with each other. Uh, you know, that club really comes all the way back to when, uh, you know, the Super 9 amateur organization. And last year we, we were at the stadium operating under the Rhinos ownership uh, group. Um, you know, we had a, we had a chance to see that team firsthand back then, and they've always been a really uh, cohesive team, very uh, you know almost aggressive and very physical. So uh, even though they're new in Nisa and new professional, there's a core group there that has kind of been around, and they've been in the system for a while. So we knew that they're going to be a tough tough opponent. So, but we would love to, to your point, uh, you know, get it, figure out how to how to, you know, break them down a little bit and, and score some goals and, and beat them, obviously. And, yeah, that was that's what's kind of interesting. I mean, if you look up and down all of I-90, all we going out towards New York City and even down all the way out to Cleveland, I suppose, there's a lot of markets uh, that could be potential NISA markets that um, 
that'd be super fun, right? If uh, we get more of those uh, markets co- maybe coming in and we get to travel up and down I-90 and, you know, even like markets like Erie PA or Buffalo or Albany, you know, just, just Binghamton maybe even, you know, just not, not that nothing any of them are imminent or, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm spoiling anything from a expansion perspective, but that, that's kind of the vision as this, maybe this league grows and uh, us being where we are and trying to be firmly planted here, uh, you know, you could you could look down the road and say, hey, maybe maybe that could be a pretty pretty cool opportunity, uh, just based on where we are geographically. And now that what I always find fun about the the rivalry is Flower City Union. You you have a lot of Rochester based players, and Syracuse Pulse. They have a lot of Nisa veterans on that team. So seeing that those two that the dynamic with the uh, teams facing off against each other. It's been pretty exciting to watch. And, of course, as I mentioned, the next matchup will be on July 8th. Yeah, and our next home match is July 16th. Um, well, maybe the Nice Independent Cup. I guess we'll see you know, where we end up uh, with, with the final date there. But the, the regular season home match uh, will be July 16th. And you know, I can share with you that so far, based on the promotions and different things we kind of have going on that, that day, uh, that'll probably be one of the biggest crowds we, we've ever had. So we're really excited. Again, like I said, we have a little mini break here, a couple weeks actually, uh, that, you know, help us kind of really get behind market and promote that game. And, um, you know, like a week, like last week, for example, where we had a Wednesday, Saturday, two in a row turnaround, <laughs> those are a lot, lot tougher. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're excited and looking forward to, again, the back end of the season, participating in the Nice Independent Cup, uh, playing our rivals, uh, Syracuse Pulse, right down the throughway, and uh, just, just continuing to build momentum and, and seeing how far we can go. I'm sorry. I messed that up. You are correct. It is Your next home match is on July 16th against Chattanooga FC. You guys will be going to Syracuse for that matchup on July 8th. So I got the date wrong. Just That's okay. the wrong <laughs> town. But... Yeah. Thanks for that correction, Mark. Thank you very much. No, no, it's okay. It's a mini. It is a, still a mini home match because, like you said, uh, we went out to Batavia, which was about forty-five minutes away, and Syracuse is not that much further down the highway than that. So, uh, but still, yeah, our fans will travel pretty well for that one, uh, just as the Syracuse fans have traveled well uh, when they've come here for sure. Speaking of Batavia, that was going to be my next question. So, you guys have played two matches at. Vendetta Stadium in Batavia, New York, and I've seen on social media you've talked about the atmosphere there, the fans showing up there. Now, I know you played a couple games there due to scheduling conflicts with Rochester Community Sports Complex. Can you kind of give us your perspective on why you chose that venue and how the how has that experience gone for you so far? Yeah, but to your point, we well, it was kind of a twofold uh, idea to go out there to Batavia for the two matches that we did. One, yeah, we did end up uh, with a stadium conflict as far as available dates, and therefore we were we had to look at other communities. But I think I kind of stole the idea a little bit from uh, Major League Soccer days when we would play early round uh, U.S. Open Cup matches, and a lot of times it was difficult uh, to play in your home stadium, especially with the bigger stadiums and all the expenses that go with it when again, especially in the earlier rounds, you know, maybe you don't get your normal MLS regular season games. So 
again, when I was with Metro Stars, for example, we took a match out to Mitchell Field out in Long Island. Uh, when I was in Chicago, we took a match down to Peoria, Illinois. And every time we would kind of go, it, it, it really extended the, the brand. It extended your fan base. It, you know, instead of having the community come to you, it's like you go to the community. It's kind of like a, a, a band being on a tour. Um, and actually, we, we've talked about maybe maybe next year going to a couple other communities because of the Batavia experience that we had. And uh, they just, again, uh, close proximity to Rochester, but cl- but far enough where, you know, it's a, it, it's a smaller uh, community in and of itself, a big, big soccer community there. I mean, their high school soccer team does really well. They've got beautiful fields, you know, right out in the outskirts of their, of their town. Um, so it was a little bit of an experiment to see if we'd be embraced by a different community, a chance again for us to show up in another town's backyard versus uh, always playing in the city. And again, uh, MLS days, uh, we had a lot of positive experiences when we would go to some uh, outskirt markets uh, to the big city. And um, and look, we I think we, we, we won some new fans over. Our merchandise sales were equally as strong, if not stronger there than they were when we play in our own stadium downtown. So, you know, if that encourages some people to make the trek uh, down uh, from Batavia to Rochester in the future, uh, you know, that, that was worth it. And, and again, like you said, uh, the fans that were there had a great time. They really embraced our, our club. And uh, we may we may experiment with that again with some different communities uh, in the future. So uh, the Washington Spirit ended up doing that, um, going to three, four different locations. Uh, I think it was last season. And uh, I kind of had the idea there as well initially. So it was nice that they adopted it and uh, could be, could be a, a cool uh, opportunity for us in the future. So, no, we're really thankful of what Batavia did. They have a great venue. They're very gracious hosts and we enjoyed our experiences going out there to play. Yeah. I was just curious on the venue and you chose there. I, I, I had to Google it. I didn't realize Batavia is right in the middle between Buffalo and Rochester. So you kind of have a, a, more, a, a brand awareness kind of grow in the market in that area. And you mentioned possibly next season, we could expand to other markets around the region to play games and grow your brand out there in uh, Western New York. Correct. Yes. And geographically, like you had mentioned halfway, pretty much almost between Buffalo and Rochester. And uh, actually there were some folks that came from Buffalo because I talked to a couple of them at the match. So uh, yeah, it was, it was again, a, a good opportunity. Look, they had recently renovated that stadium and uh, really nice uh, locker room facilities and press box. So it was it was pretty much right up there with, with a professional standard environment. So we felt comfortable being in a stadium like that. And, uh, you know, they, they get huge crowds for their football games when the, when the high school team plays there. So we knew that uh, it, was a, it was a good facility. Any chance you guys have to play one more game at Vendetta Stadium before the season wraps up? Uh, unless we get into some kind of postseason situation or maybe some type of independent cup where, again, maybe the stadium, our own stadium is not available. But right now, the rest of our home dates are locked in at the downtown stadium. So I don't anticipate changing a regular season match. But if we end up with a, uh, you know matches that are outside, then it's, it's, it's you know certainly possible. And we'll certainly look at going to Batavia again next season again, based on the reaction that we had this year. So it definitely worked worked out pretty well for us. All right. Now, I know we spoke about your rivalry with Syracuse Pulse, but I was also curious because Rochester is a, 
a unique situation. You have, of course, Flower City Union, but also Rochester, New York FC, the MLS Next Pro team. And I know you used to work for them. So I was just curious about how you see that dynamic with those two clubs in the same town and the potential of maybe one day we get a Rochester Derby in Rochester, New York. Yeah, uh, it is a little bit of an interesting situation, of course. Uh, the only market in our league that is uh, has something similar going on is Chattanooga. And we certainly have spoken a lot to um, the Chattanooga NISA club uh, as it relates to you know, kind of how they uh, engage in the market with, with another professional club playing, you know, outside of the city. Uh, we're kind of the downtown, uh, you know, urban club, and uh, our, our NYFC is the, uh, you know, more of the, a little more of the suburban club. So, you know, for us, it's always been about um, building our own brand, fulfilling our own uh, mission and vision statement of, of being a community-based organization, being fan-owned as well. And, you know, we always like we're going to build our own community and culture. And uh, again, whatever, whatever soccer is successful here in Rochester and Western New York, uh, you know, the saying that the rising tide hopefully will lift all ships, you know, um, you know, yeah, it's it's not optimal that in a small mid-major market like this, that there's another professional club to compete against. But on the flip side. Uh, you know, they're going to do the, what they're going to do. Certain people are going to be attracted to their brand and their facility and vice versa. And then maybe there's a whole bunch of people that are going to end up going to both. It's just more soccer. Right. And, uh, you know, I know for sure we, we get fans that have been to their games and vice versa. So, um, yeah. And to the extent we could play some kind of cross town derby, we thought there was a chance we might've drew them in the U S open cup. That would have been really exciting if that happened. And, you know, there's always an idea of, uh, again, maybe we do a charity match together or maybe we do a home and away, create some kind of Rochester Cup of some sort and, you know, maybe donate the proceeds to a, to a nonprofit or charity. I mean, we, you know, those are ideas that are out there. And but it's like anything, you know, we're really focused on doing what we're doing to try to build our club and build our brand. Uh, I know that they're, they're kind of doing the same. Uh, so there's just, you know, mutual respect. And uh, you want them to be successful, and we want to be successful. And then at the end of the day, just just opportunities for fans and sports fans and soccer people in Rochester and Western New York to uh, have options and and go go with 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 their heart, <laughs> go with what, what makes them feel happy about being part of uh, something, you know. Um, and it's it's like that, I'm sure. If you live in uh, if you live in Madrid or Spain, right, with with clubs, uh, even LA and MLS, you know, uh, they're they're coexisting together um, in, in a city like that. So it can be done, and we're hopeful it gets done here. And so far, they've uh, yeah, they're they're kind of doing what they're doing, and maybe we should play them, and we'll play them at some point <laughs> for sure. Well, I know you mentioned Chattanooga earlier, and. Of course, that didn't happen this year in the Open Cup between Chattanooga FC and the, the Red Wolves. But I know the fans there, because I have friends in the Chattanooga area, they, they want to see it happen. They want to see them play. And I'm all for local derbies. We see them all over Europe, um, England, of course. And that's just exciting. Uh, here in Chicago, we just have the baseball, you know, Cubs and White Sox. That's it. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, but there you go. That's a great example. I mean, what a great, you know, even though I know they're in different conferences or whatever in baseball, but, um, you know, and I was living in Chicago, like there's the diehard cup people and you got your diehard White Sox people and there's no crossover, you know? So, uh, you know, if we can build something special like that uh, here in Rochester, that'd be great. But, you know, one other thing with NISA and another thing that kind of attracted us to NISA was, uh, you know, obviously promotion relegation is kind of part of the DNA of, of, of the league. Uh, obviously, there's a long path to kind of get there, but uh, it is also an open system, right? And in a true open system, that's what it is. Uh, no one club or organization can own a territory or have territory rights. So even though we were coming in and playing in Rochester, we always knew that another another organization, that this still could happen in the future. Uh, you know, the Lancers are still operating here uh, in, in an amateur league. There's another club called Rock City Boom that's operating in an amateur. You know, any one of them could be an ISA club right here in our backyard, 20 minutes away. And that is the open nature of our league. And therefore, uh, that's just, you know, we knew that going in and therefore, if those things do happen, we would just embrace it and understand that, that that's what makes NISA unique. Um, just like, again, soccer around the world where, you know, uh, you go to Argentina and there's 50 soccer clubs all dotted across the country at all different levels. So that is the spirit of NISA being an open system. So, again, whether they're in MLS Next Pro or they're in NISA or any otherwise, uh, that's the nature of the league for sure. Now, Mark, my final question for you is more on the content side, since I have a, a content background from my experience. And I was just curious, seeing you guys, your, your posts on social media with Rooted, Flower City Union, your YouTube show, uh, Behind the Union, it's kind of your background on the union and training and all that content. And, of course, posting match day videos to kind of help promote your, your games and seeing the reaction on social media across Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. How has creating all the content resonated with your fans and supporters in Rochester? Yeah, I would say that, and this, I'd like to certainly uh, acknowledge and recognize uh, Nina Korn. She is our director of digital content uh, who works uh, with Cloud City Union. And we've been fortunate to have her pretty much since we kind of started the club and also need to thank uh, the St. John Fisher uh, Sport Management Program because they were very involved with uh, interviewing and screening and um, hiring, uh, uh, bringing Nina to our club. And, uh, I mean, she's just been tremendous. I mean, uh, I would say that's the strongest, one of the strongest aspects of what we're doing on the business side. Uh, we do have two shows. We have the Behind the Union, which is us trying to show what's happening behind, you know, day-to-day -day behind the scenes, and then our Rooted series, which is featuring small businesses and organizations in the city of Rochester to go in with the Rooted and Rochester tagline. I'll also share with your listeners, um, I guess exclusive on this one, we're, we're partnering with a local TV station here, and we're going to have a primetime show uh, on a network uh, in the middle of July, and once we get the dates, I'll make sure to inform you so you can inform your audience. But um, And it's going to be, again, it's going to be behind, you know, you know kind of beyond the pitch, uh, showing us everything about the club from the beginning of it to kind of what we're doing in the locker room and on the field and the players and what we're doing in the community. And it's going to be a really exciting show for us. And um, 
so yeah, her her digital contents, you know, our collective digital contents, really strong. Uh, it was something that was really a priority for us as we head in. As you know, uh, you know, ESPN Sports Center is not really going to feature Flower City Union, so we've got to do it on our own. And having good digital content, engaging content that people are going to be gravitated towards, and it doesn't, you know, not always soccer content either, even though soccer's at the core uh we're doing we're, we're so much more as a club and an organization so those are opportunities for us to show what we're doing beyond uh just you know the games on the field and what we're what we're doing there on the pitch so uh we're, we're excited uh and nina's done a great job and um you know we we're we're just we couldn't be more excited that we have her uh you know working with us and putting out the great content that she does and it's it's very thoughtful too it's very organized and um it's very strategic in a lot of ways too. So it's, it's been a big strength of, of our organization. Yeah. And I'm all for it. Again, a shout out to uh, Nina and your content team for Flower City Union. I know a lot of fans have been buzzing about you guys, social, and this is something we don't see. We see NISA teams try it, but I know it's kind of like a budget thing on your staff and everything. Cause I know for a lot of teams, a lot of your staff is, that's full-time is into other areas. So the content can always be tricky, but I know fans, they love seeing different content and stuff. And um, even though I did content for Chicago house, I just want, I'm very impressed with the guys you've worked. You guys have done seeing not just behind the scenes. I know it's a big content thing, but also on the field, off the field. And now we get this breaking news about uh, going on beyond the pitch to learn more about fire scene. Union. I think that's great because it gives fans not just here but around the world an opportunity to learn more about what your club is doing in rochester and that region western new york yes thank you and to your point i mean shoot nina was really the second person we brought in behind our head coach and technical director uh and that's how much emphasis we wanted to put on it and how important we thought it was and how we knew that that would be the external kind of facing um you know, what people would be able to see in the community and it's an extension of our brand and it enables us to tell our brand story and our club story more. So we wanted to make sure that that was a, a priority for our organization. Um, so far the results have been, it's been paying off for sure. And not only that, as, as I've learned from my experience, 80 content stuff you can create, not just highlights the team, but also helps make the community more aware about your club and it definitely helps with sponsors, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. No doubt. No doubt. All right, Mark. Well, I want to thank you again for taking time out of your busy day to join me today for our interview on the NISA Today FC podcast. Yeah, thanks, Josh. I appreciate the outreach. I uh, really enjoyed the conversation. You've certainly done your homework uh, as it relates. And um, thanks for the platform, and thanks for exposing lower-level soccer, NISA, Flower City Union to your audience, and um, thank you very much. We really appreciate it. I once again want to thank Mark Washoe, the Vice Chairman and Minority Owner of Flower City Union, for joining us on our show today. Well, that will conclude today's show. I want to thank everyone for tuning in today. If you have any comments, feedback, or suggestions, you can follow me or 
direct message me on my Twitter page. It's at JT underscore Taylor 88. And if you like the show, want to keep up with all the latest updates, you can follow us on our social media handles. We're on Facebook at Nisa Today FC. We're on Twitter at Nisa underscore Today FC. And we're also on Instagram at Nisa underscore Today FC. You guys enjoy the rest of your weekend, and I'll see you next time.